I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. And we're here with 29? Yeah, episode 29. Episode 29 of Fried Squirms. And we're here to talk about horror movies with you. Yeah, because that's, that's what we're about. That's what we do. And this week in particular, we're going to cover Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, which is one of my childhood favorites. But I think before we get anything about that, it's been a couple of weeks. How you been, man? Pretty good. Spent a little time with the other half of my family, my parents, a few of my sisters. One of my sisters moved back to South Carolina. So I spent time with her, my nephew, and uh, my niece. So, nice. you know, I got to see them before they left out. Good. I think I was mentioning I caught, caught up on a, watching a couple of horror films. So I've been doing a little more extensive research. Nice. See, I was getting caught up on stuff, but it wasn't horror movies. Like, I almost feel guilty because... I'm one half of a horror movie podcast, but I was like, fuck, I'm still like a season behind on all my fucking dumb CW superhero shows. And so now I'm through almost all of them. Very nice. Um, Only have like half a season of Supergirl and the latest season of Arrow to go, but otherwise I've gotten through them all. But I also like had a birthday and shit, so. Happy birthday. Like, Like, obviously we ended up skipping a week. Um, you'll realize that by now with the timing of when the last episode came out, but that was why. You know, life events happen. It gives us a time to, like I said, chill out and then come back really hard. Now, this is this is way off topic from what we, what we normally talk about here, though. But it kind of made me think about it a little bit, because there's been a few of these movies we've went back to and sort of had to be like, oh, I liked that. <laughs> like, right. Uh, I think the most notable example probably being when we did Hills Have Eyes. Not that either of us dislike the movie, but going back and re-examining that movie with a critical eye. I mean, you have to be honest when you're critiquing films, right? Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of examples of its of its aging and, and it's when those films came out. That's what I'm trying to say. And you know, like I said, when we're doing it critically, you kind of have to point out the obvious. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are some glaring things that we'll come across. So I decided I'd bring that up here because it reminded me of that, but it was more of a little bit more of a, almost like a be careful what you wish for moment, because it was just the weirdest confluence of things and uh, and a deep look into the, the sometimes weekend of my life, so fuck you all, but... <laughs> I took, like, half a hit of acid and went and worked out at the gym. (laughs) Nice, man. You got to hang out with Sid for a little bit. That's right. And as I was sitting there doing some cardio, I fucking flipped on ESPN, and they were having fucking drone racing. Oh, damn. And it sort of hit me that as I was sitting there working out with a gym membership, being able to, like, on, on wireless, you know, Bluetooth headphones listen to music streaming whatever the fuck i want while watching a screen in front of me while having a gym membership (laughs) fucking rocking a mohawk seeing fucking drones being flown like as a sport on tv it was like everything i wished for as like an eight-year-old in the 90s and it really wasn't that cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah when when you live it out at a different age (laughs) it doesn't quite live up to the standards you had as a younger child but it was seriously like, I mean, you put all those things together, like fucking <laughs> the lights and sounds, especially of like the fucking drone racing and it's like all VR headsets and like they're going through this like lighted fucking garage and all this like giant fucking parking garage, not like little fucking two car <laughs> garage, you know, giant <laughs> yeah. fucking parking garage and all this shit. And I'm watching this shit on TV 
admittedly slightly tripping, <laughs> but also combined with just the fact like, oh yeah, and like I'm supposed to feel like an adult because I like have a gym membership. I'm obviously here at the fucking gym, like, but I'm also like rocking a fucking mohawk and shit. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's like everything I wished for in the '90s as like an eight-year-old kid. Hmm. Yeah, some dude, of the... drone racing on ESPN's fucking lame. <laughs> yeah, he's like, some of the magic's gone. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. Anyway, like I said, way off topic, but it was this weird little, like, little moment, man, yeah. kind of be careful what you wish for. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. But yeah, like I said, aside from all that stuff, uh, just, you know, just been doing a lot of life things, I suppose, but I uh, was looking really forward to doing, like I said, some of our, our episodes. Specifically this one, we've got a really cool thing happening soon, what we'll mention here shortly oh yeah yeah well, i guess we'll get to that at the end of the yeah the that's show. gonna be fun but we'll we'll start and we'll we'll rock the guts and bolts first here for killer clowns and then get into more of it sounds good guts and bolts guts and bolts here we are guts and bolts number 29 29 killer clowns from outer space released in 1988 right here in the united states let me see. So it was distributed by Transworld Entertainment. We got directed by Stephen Kyoto. Correct. Uh, the writers, including Stephen Kyoto, was his other brother, Charles Kyoto. And then produced by Charles Edward and Stephen Kyoto. And right, as a with, part of the Kyoto Brothers Productions, along uh, with, was it Sarah Liu? Sir Louis? I'm not sure exactly how you say that. There's Diamond Presents. Oh. There's another production company, along with the Kyoto Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sar Louis, Diamond, Kyoto Brothers Productions. Yeah. And produced Paul Mason, Helen Zabo, along with the Kyoto's Brothers. Yeah, and like you said, distributors, along with Transworld, is MGM Home Entertainment and Fox Entertainment. Um, let's see, we talked about the writers being the Charles and Steven. Director of photography is Alfred Taylor. Edited by Christopher Roth. Music by John Massari. The special effects team are Fantasy 2 Film Effects for the visual. Image engineering, there are additional special effects. The budget for this film was about $1.8 million to $2 million here in the United States. I've got a gross number, which is pretty gnarly for this film. Okay, what's the gross number? As of July the 22nd, 1988, here in the United States, it made $15.6 million. Worldwide, as of October 28th, 1988... 43.6 million. The admissions as of July 22nd, 1988, 3.68 million for this film. Uh, so, you know, we talked about admissions. So mm -hmm. A lot of people went and seen this film. Even though it didn't have a huge success in the theater, it was more like home rentals, VHS, distribution of t-shirts and collectibles. And right. I nature. mean, I think right before we get into who's in this, I would like to point out like, even if you don't necessarily like horror movies, if you like cult movies... Yeah, this has... Like, the sort of offbeat things that... I mean, it's hard to necessarily describe cult, but we yeah. all kind of have an idea of what it is. This is kind of like a midnight you, movie Yeah, drive if this is through, one you haven't gotten throwback. to yet, it's, it's a horror movie, but it's not really that scary. No, it has it's, elements of sci-fi and comedy and things sci of that nature. It's sci-fi, it's comedy, but it's pretty fucking fantastic oh, I, love um, I described it earlier to you as probably one of the more accessible cult movies i totally agree with that some are a lot more love them or leave them than this one and this one i think just sort of across the board hits enough notes that even someone who's maybe not into 
a lot more the other weird stuff even outside of horror like things like i know like buckaroo bonsai is a cult movie that yeah. that's a lot more love them or leave them than i would say this movie is that's because that yeah, it's a lot weirder it's a lot harder to figure out this one they don't give you a lot of answers but the plot's still pretty straightforward yeah i mean it's it's easy to follow and you don't have to really be that involved in this film in, in order to enjoy it and it's famous for being a good cult movie so yeah like i said it's why we're talking about it today we talked about its release in 1988. Here it released May 20th, 1988. I do like taglines. It has quite a few. I'll do two of them because it has quite a few. One of them is Alien Bozos with an Appetite for Close Encounters. Okay. And the other one, In Space, No One Can Eat Ice Cream. Ooh, I think I like that one better. Yeah, so there's you see variations of that. And I said we'd give you the cast. We have Grant Kramer's Mike Tobacco. Right. I don't think I realized while watching the movie that his last name is Tobacco. Yeah, it's interesting. funny. I also don't think I realized that Suzanne Snyder's character's last name was Stone. Yeah, Debbie Stone. Debbie Stone. John Allen Nelson as Dave Hansen. Correct. John Vernon as Curtis Mooney. As far as, I mean... There's a few other. There was like four other the, people I The Trenzi brothers, I, you, you have to mention, I would say. Yeah, you have uh, Michael Siegel playing Rich Trenzi and Peter Lacasse playing Paul Trenzi as Trenzi brothers. I wrote down Royal Dano as Farmer Gene Green. Oh my god, the farmer is fantastic. And Pretty a weird awesome. callback to the blob. Yeah, I don't know if it was absolutely. intentional, but... Watching this film without spoiling it too much, these it was intentionally done for certain reasons, without being a part of it. They had mentioned the fact that they were paying homage to certain drive through films from what they grew up watching. Yeah, I didn't know if it was intentional or not, but uh, I love totally. the blob going way back, so that immediately jumped out to me. Otherwise, though, other than the first like few minutes of this movie, he doesn't that have that big of a part, no. so I thought I'd just mention it. But he it. still he does a good performance. One other cast member I did write down. I was about to say, I wanted to mention this now because yeah. it doesn't make sense to mention him any other time because it's almost a blink and you'll it's miss it. It's probably the only time we'll ever mention him, maybe, on this podcast. Right. But I love the fucking guy. Christopher Titus' yeah. first movie roles in this movie. It's pretty awesome. Watching some... I think I was telling you, I listened to some of the director commentary on this film, and they were mentioning that when Titus went into, you know, audition for his part, they said that he was full of personality, but it, for, like I said, he, he nailed it in auditioning, but filming-wise, they, like, he kept apologizing for being nervous, and they were, they said it was kind of, you know, they said it was endearing because they kept telling him, he's like, don't worry, it's like, this is our first film too, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's no big deal, but, uh, you know, he's gone on to do bigger and better things. He's more known for his comedy acts and... Oh, like yeah, sitcom. I remember. I, yeah, I was about to say I watched his sitcom. Likewise, yeah, I watched it. It was good. I like him. I've seen some of his stand-up. It's fucking... God, it's depressing, but it's... Yeah, I mean, he's he's super real when it comes to his perspective on growing up and what he went through and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. Good shit, though. I'd, I'd, I've always recommended Titus. I love his shit. Yeah. So. so it was cool to see him get a film credit in a horror-slash-comedy-slash-sci-fi film. Yeah, but seriously, it's kind of a blink-and-you'll-miss-it role. Yeah, we'll I actually I had to go back and and be like, oh yeah, that's is. him. Yeah. Once I realized what his character name was, and then the fact that they found his glasses later, I, that was the only way I was able to pick him out. Was like, oh, look for the kid in glasses. Yeah, they mentioned his name briefly. He Bob right. Yep. There you go. So we'll point him out when we get to it. But that's uh, that's pretty much what I got for notes. Yeah, I mean. So, for warning. Yeah, we should give warnings out. Definitely. Maybe a, syno- a little bit of a synopsis. Spoiler free synopsis. Killer clowns from outer space land on the outskirts of town, and it's up to a couple teenagers to stop them. 
I think that's close enough, right? Just think of this. Visually, maybe in your mind, harken back to, like I said, some of the the midnight movies from the 50s. Yeah. Some of those that you would would get check out. But definitely vivid and in color and shit. Oh, yeah. This is a visually stunning movie. Updated version of Um, those. Highly recommend it. Uh, I I couldn't stress that enough. This movie's great. I forgot how good it really is. So it's a PG-13 film. We, We do like to do light films, so keep that in mind. It's... Not much cursing, not much violence, things like that. There is a little bit of cursing, though. A little bit of violence. but not Very much. tiny bit of gore effects, tasteful. but... I mean, most most of the situations where the clowns are killing somebody, it's very bad effects that are just like... <laughs> yeah, uh, first time. I, I don't know what it's called, but there's, there's nothing bloody, there's nothing violent about it. They get zapped with a fucking ray gun, and then there's an effect, and there's something else. Yeah, so you don't really get the effect of, like, you know, seeing something... Like I said, gory or... There are a couple parts with blood. Yeah. yeah. Like kind of a weird, like, bloody face and exactly. a decapitation. I'll just say that right now. That Good doesn't point. give too much away. No, I don't think it does. The bloody face isn't, but everything else is played for laughs. All the violence is played for laughs. It is. It really is for gags. Like we said, there is some cursing. And you can kind of see through one chick's top. A little bit. That's about it. Yeah, so with that being said... I think I'm ready to get in and squeal on this baby. Yeah, let's squeal on this bitch. (laughs) How does that make you squeal? You know what time it is? Oh, it's time to squeal. I guess I want to squeal (laughs) some. That was somewhat of a squeal, I guess. Anyway. uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Great fucking movie, dude. I watched it twice just this morning. Nice, man. uh, Let's see. Within the last... Say forty-eight to seventy-two hours. I've watched it, I think, twice. So, yeah, yeah. For me, it's been three times total in the last twenty-four hours. I think total since we've announced that we we're going to do it. I think I've watched it four times. Today. Nice, yeah. nice. I enjoy this film. No, this is a great one. Another one, though. I feel kind of bad. I uh, sort of came to, even though it's been a huge cult film for a long time, it's one that I sort of came to a lot later. I guess I probably didn't watch it till I was probably at least. 23 or 24 okay and it was another one i sort of randomly found through music because the kyoto's brothers that helmed this film in many ways oh my god this sucks so i've i very often pointed out the fact that i'm a big metal fan and shit so i can catch a lot of shit for admit admitting this one but i'm also actually a huge fan of the uh post-hardcore band kyoto's oh cool whose original name was the Kyoto Brothers, and then they later just shortened it to Kyoto's. But That's pretty dope. I was like, oh, cool, I fucking love these guys, and their, their shit's... I don't know how to ex- explain it, really. It's kind of like pop-punk, but very theatrical. Okay. Almost cabaret-ish. Uh, maybe not quite. Sort of in that vein, though. I, I, I gotcha. Anyway, I'm not here to, to talk them up too much. <laughs> anyway, but I was like, oh, I dig this. And, you know, I was on their, like, Wikipedia page and shit. And they're like, oh, you know, they got their name from this. And I was like, oh, let me go take a look at that. Oh, shit, I've heard of this before. Why haven't I ever watched it yet? Well, how about I do that? Finally got around watching this movie. My introduction to this film came at a much earlier age. And it owes a lot to the fact that um, when they made this film, it was made at the time when mom and pop video, you know, VHS rental places were all over the place, man. So that's the thing. Growing up, I even remember seeing it. Yeah, so like that's, the, that the was VHS cover. 
And then having cable back in the 80s, too, you know, you either had HBO or Cinemax or the combination of both. And they would get, this movie got played up pretty well in the, the 90s, right? So my brother and I, we got to watch it a lot on HBO and or Cinemax. You know, as I was just thinking about the cover of it, I think, did we leave out in our warning about this movie, and maybe it should be self-evident by the title, but you should probably not watch this if you have a fear of clowns? Exactly. I mean, How there's a clown sort of like that? right in the center of the fucking... Yeah, I mean, even... The so that's what I was just thinking of. Like, I was right? thinking like, I saw that cover in my head, and I was like, oh shit, we didn't mention that. There's a lot of people out there that have a weird fear of clowns. Yeah, I'm not being one of them. I'm not one of them. I know, I definitely know at least one person, I think multiple people who are like hugely fucking freaked out by clowns. Yeah, I have a little nephew who's freaked out, especially by Pennywise. Mm. And then, yeah, seeing this because I had told him I was over my sister's hanging out and I was listening to this while we're editing one of the episodes and he saw me watching this film and I told him, I was like, you know, there's clowns in it and they're not good guys. And as soon as he saw the first clown, he was out. He was calling his, his twin brother over. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it. there's, I mean, it's it's still relevant. I mean, in terms of It's of a clowns. real phobia. Like, it's a real big phobia. Like, that's, you almost definitely, for sure, if you don't have that phobia, you probably know somebody who does. You know, an interesting story, because this happened around the time you and I actually started this, maybe a little bit before in my hometown and in the neighboring county in South Carolina, there were clown sightings happening in apartment complexes and they made national news. Right. I remember when all that shit was going on. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is, it's funny in a sense, maybe coincidental. It's like, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm glad I'm not somebody who's freaked out by a clown. Like, I'd be freaked out in the right circumstances. Clown starts fucking, like, trying to start shit with me at like 10 o'clock at night when I'm just like walking around, then... Yeah, it's going to scare me a little bit more than somebody just, like, starting shit with me. Yeah, it's like, he better have a bag of tricks or a magic show. But I'm still going to... Otherwise, you know, clowns I'm not going to, like... Too. Yeah, that's the thing. Clowns <laughs> get knocked out, too. Knock them <laughs> you know? right on the fucking noses, apparently. Yeah, which, you know, we'll, we'll delve into. But I just thought it was funny that, like I said, we were, I don't know, close to 3,000 miles removed from, from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still come, come to talking about these stories that make national news, and this is, uh, you know... Right, so when when all those clown shit was going on, did you know those places? Like I did. Like I those, those I even normal haunts. Like I I mentioned to one of our coworkers while eating lunch that I had a a hunch because I'd mentioned Greenville County, and I'm familiar because I worked in Greenville. I have friends that are live in Greenville. I you dressed up shows. as a clown in Greenville. Yeah, you know we, that's what we used to do. But uh, anyhow, I was thinking, all right, apartment complex, and I had to think about where they're located and some of the you know the, the geography. It's like, I bet you it's it's happening over here close to this place called White Horse Road. And so guess what? Yeah, there it was. There was one of them. There was like multiple sightings in Greenville. There was one in my hometown in Spartanburg, close to where I played soccer. So I was familiar with that location. Now, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing all these clown sightings have sort of tapered off because I, I guess I'd still be yeah, hearing Yeah, I really don't know it. what happened. But I suppose this just proves that should they start up again, maybe they should bring you in as sort of the... The clown whisperer, or maybe not clown whisperer would be the right thing, but like to be the expert on where the clowns might strike next. It's like if you're looking for if you're, yeah, if you're looking for wooded areas, I might if you're looking for man. clowns in South Carolina, yeah. you might know where to find them. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, get at your boy. But uh, I just thought it was interesting, man. Like, so there's it, no matter when or how I leave South Carolina, it always comes back and 
taps you on the shoulder and say, hey, we're still relevant in these fucked up ways. This being no exception to the rule. I mean, we mentioned it at the beginning. If you haven't went and saw, seen this movie yet, go fucking watch oh my this gosh. movie. Yeah, considering this movie came out in 1988, it's almost 30 years. I feel really bad that it took me so long to get to this movie now that but I've seen did, it. Right? Um, it's gorgeous, first off. Like, it's so stylized Vibrant through and through. And colors, it, yeah. It doesn't show that they kind of ended up having to cut some corners and not do some things that they originally planned because of budget constraints. Yeah, it makes total sense when you look at it. It's when you look at it, it, it all seems coherent, I guess. No, it's really cool because you're right. They had to improvise a lot with certain parts for you know aesthetic reasons in the film. But well, they were I mean, we didn't, simple we didn't mention that one of the actors, and this deals with one of the... The things towards the end, but the giant clown was played by Stephen Kyoto. Stephen Kyoto. But they originally meant for it to be stop motion. Correct. But they couldn't afford to do that, so he got in a fucking costume, and they did old school effects that way. Yeah, and you know, or cheaper effects. I don't know which one is newer or older, but uh, it is cheaper to do it the way that they did it rather than because it's a long process doing fucking stop motion. Yeah, no doubt, man. So, I think you're right. Because of monetary constraints, they shot certain scenes pretty interestingly. Like, um, there are scenes within the tent, I guess, spaceship, if you want to call it that. Oh, yeah. You know, one that has, like, um, this really cool lighting with electricity flowing through it and things like that. All right, that. is that a hand-drawn scene? It, I it mean, is. is it like an it's animated scene? It's, yeah, yeah, it's on they, that. Yeah. yeah, so they do that. It's really cool. They do that throughout that film. But it just looks great like it all the performances across the border kind of campy but it all fits yeah i mean it it fits the film for what its intent was you know it's it's not lampooning it's it's an homage to like what you were mentioning earlier films like the blob and you know certain films you'd see probably in the 50s maybe early 60s yeah i guess some parts of it are bigger than others if you can't if you can't stand how big the old man gets at the beginning Don't worry about it. Most of the other actors don't go that nuts with their fucking just scenery chewing. No. It's funny because you had asked if this was like, like I said, an ode or maybe a, a paralleling of the blob. I was like, and, and I love the blob, man. That's that's one that I go way back with for sure. Yeah. So. Not for the original, for me, not so far back, but the I think the 80s version one. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that one, so I was more familiar with that version. Although I've seen both. But anywho, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of odes to that and homages they're doing throughout the film. Yeah, I, I would say one thing, too, about this film. When you think about it, you see the styling of it. It's known for that. But also the score, the composition of music. It's excellent. The song is fantastic, and it's used wonderfully throughout the movie. I suppose by the song, I mean the song Killer Clowns from Outer Space by yeah, the, the Dickies. Dickies. Yeah. Uh, Here's something. Go look that up, <laughs> if nothing else, I suppose. The really. lead guitarist in the band, do you know the guy's name? No. Here's something should. I, you should because the guy's name is Stan Lee. Not the uh, famous one that we know. Not, not Excelsior. Book. No, not comic book. My super friends. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was still pretty cool. But uh, apparently they wrote the song without seeing the film. Oh, okay. The composer of this film, John Masari, he, when he, they were auditioning composers to score the film, he said that they had went into like a small theater, probably like 30 different composers with their agents and all these different people, right? And uh, he said that while he was watching it, he was sitting next to a gentleman and he, he was like, you know, this film is really cool. 
he said it was really creepy with the clowns because there was no music. He mm-hmm. said it was already a creepy film. He didn't realize the guy that he was sitting next to was one of the Kyoto brothers. Oh. Right? And anywho, he, you know, he wound up getting the, the job for it. But the fact that there was no music, and he was already thinking about certain composers that he knew, like certain Russian composers, that it's almost like a, certain scenes remind you of being carnivals and things like that, or anticipation, certain marches and things mm-hmm. like that. So they have certain feels. It, it leads to anticipation. God damn, no, this is just a fantastic movie. It's no wonder it's such a fucking, like, one of the cult classics. I know? love this film. <laughs> I really do. I'm glad we're doing this film. There's one thing, Dave. Yeah, John Allen Nelson plays Dave Hansen, yeah. The entire time when I was watching, there was just... He didn't do a bad job. I liked him. However, as I was watching it, I was thinking at about the same age, with almost the same looks, almost the same looks, but better. Okay. And possibly better comedic timing based on some of his early roles and would have been early enough in his career that they probably could have afforded him i wanted to see young val kilmer in this oh damn like top secret val kilmer that would have been awesome val kilmer in this film there is something i want to i want to point out about this film specifically with him with the actor who plays mike and deb in this film right okay they have a weird tryst because both the guys at one point or another are dating deb Right? Right. And throughout the film, especially after you learn this fact that Deb and, and the officer Dave dated, they, like, Dave has a weird connection. He always, like, comforts her and, like, he gives her little smooches and shit. And Mike's okay with it, even though he, it appears like they're dating. Right. And she has no problem with the affection that's being given. I mean, it, it came off weird. to me more like Mike was kind of aware of the fact that Dave had a gun. Yeah, I mean, he knew his boundaries. He knew where the line was. He's like, I know that she's not going to let this go too far. She's kind of trying to squirm away from it every chance she can get. She does. I'm not going to fuck it. I'm not going to try to push the issue right now because I don't want to fuck with Popo. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of what I got from it. Yeah, that's a good point. Don't fuck with Popo. (laughs) With a gun, right? Uh, especially after he learned that they dated and he was kind of yeah. like, oh shit, this that isn't a just a, this isn't just a friend that's going to believe her. This is why he's going to believe her. You talked about the last name, Mike Tobacco. Yeah. I was like, it's like, that's a weird last name. Why would they use that? And like certain like Debbie Stone and like said, Dave Hansen and stuff like that, Carter's Moon. They said a lot of these names in the film were old like neighborhood friends of the Kyoto brothers, oh, especially okay. the Trenzi brothers. They said they grew up with a group of Trenzi brothers, and another person, Joe Lombardi, who they mentioned briefly, who was supposed to have more of a backstory at the beginning of the film. It got cut, mm. and there's a chase scene with a car. Oh, right, and that was supposed to be Joe Lombardo. And... Yeah, so they had a different whole th- different thing written out for that character, but that was another one of their buddies growing up, too. So and that was kind of cool. They were giving an acknowledgement back to their, their childhood friends. Right, so up to the beginning of the movie, and there was one thing, very much not exclusive to this movie, but it made me think about it. Especially as we were growing up, this was far, far more of a trope. Through pop culture, sitcoms, everywhere. I think I was first introduced to the the concept through Happy Days. But I'm wondering if, and I don't expect you to actually have an answer, but did weird communal makeout spots like that actually exist in real life? Or just on TV? That's a good point. Because it seemed very... I mean, honestly, even if every car there would have just pulled, like, 10 foot farther forward, you'd have, like, 50% more privacy. Like, everybody was kind of like, 
hanging out the back and shit was open and I'm like They were more tailgating than they were like Yeah. It was yeah. like weird like make out city tailgate, get slightly tipsy. Look but, at the stars while you're, you know, doing things with your fingers. Yeah. In your hands. I just I feel like it would be very very awkward. At least that close in. Yeah. It's because that close that. in, it's, it's like once once things get get going later in the evening, as you're watching the submarine races in the parlance of some happy days. Yeah, that close in, it seems like you would have that awkward realization of like, oh, so that's what Rob sounds like when he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, even if even if every rig would just pull ten foot farther forward, then. You'd probably just hear groans and not necessarily be able to know that it was Rob. Like you said, more intimate sounds up close and personal. Right. I mean, they're close enough that you could be like, oh, shit. That was Maybe that was an owl. <laughs> like, oh, man. Mary just queefed. <laughs> yeah, Mary just queefed. Um, and it's during that scene that we have Christopher Titus. I guess we'll bring him up. No, Christopher Titus is at the top of the world making out. It was uh, called Top of the World. He gets uh, he goes on a beer run right early in the movie. That's the first time you see him. He goes on a beer run. He crosses paths with uh, Detective Mooney or Officer Mooney, and Mooney. You can already tell like he is in a very authoritative figure in this film. So you have this very polarizing character built up with a town cop. There was supposed to be a backstory about um, conflict between the cops, of course, and the college. That's why those two guys who play the punks who get arrested. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. there was supposed to be more backstory. Now, <laughs> when you were watching their interaction and stuff, because they cut that backstory, did it kind of seem instead to come off as suddenly implying that they're gay? That's that's a good They're point. out for a romantic stroll, and Mooney had. What were you guys doing the, out of out in the park, drinking wine in the bushes? What do you mean we can't? Yeah, yeah they they their whole point was without that. Without it's our that, town too. Yeah, it's our town too. Why you know why should we just have to be drinking on campus? Why can't we drink in town? Right, without that extra subplot being in there. Yeah, it, does it almost it read like. The campus is the okay for for you kids to go be weird and liberal. Experiment, and stuff, that's for kids experiment. Mm-hmm. But don't that's come into town with that shit. Yeah, don't you be bringing that laboratory shit here in our town? That's kind of how it came off, right? Like yeah. looking back at it. Like, well, thinking the, the ode or paybacks or homages are supposed to be through the fifties, and think fifties weren't very hospitable times for certain groups of people and i mean the kids were kind of punks but like the one kid was basically wearing a i heart new york shirt but it was not the normal i heart new york shirt like there was like a string of hearts across it and shit like yeah not saying that you can't have hearts on and be masculine but yeah what's wrong with having heart shirts but still i know what you mean there's implications there's they're implying certain things perhaps without that backstory like you say it's interesting when they're up at top of the world it also made me think of one other thing. Back in high school, I had this awesome fucking... wasn't an awesome truck. It was like a 92 Ford Ranger. But it was awesome to me. It was like 91. But it had like this big-ass custom topper on it and shit. And I'd like heap stuff in the back. And it was awesome. Like, it was kind of almost like my own little like mini to-go fucking storage unit. And I usually had like something back there that I could fall asleep on and shit. And I wasn't exactly pulling a bunch of chicks in high school. But I'm now wondering why I never thought of putting an inflatable raft back there. Yeah. Because that could have helped. If it, it wasn't hurt, that there's, seemed like the way to go. There's even a story, of course, connected to that raft and why they used it in the back of that car. Okay. That Mike and Deborah in. So 
apparently one of their friends, I can't remember if it's a Lombardi or one of the Trinzi brothers, they, you know, used to float or use that raft or whatever. And uh, I think I know what it was. I know what it was. They said one of the guys went out on a lake and they got lost, right? And when it came back in because they had this big search party looking for him and shit, that his father, that guy's father, wound up, like, stabbing that raft all in different places. Oh, shit. So if you, you know, there are certain scenes where you can spot if you're really looking for it where it's patched up, the rafts Mm. in the car with Mike and Deb. So that's why he uses these. Like, there's a little backstory to that because one of their friends, like, I got lost. Whole big search party was looking for him. Guy got in a big ton of shit trouble. (laughs) And his dad went on a stabbing spree. Okay, so... Beginning of the movie happens, things blob out, old man goes to find the wreckage. It's not wreckage. Well, you yeah. think it's a meteor. Well, you think it's Haley's Comet because he's a fucking dumbass. But yeah, he's reading a book, pertains to it, whatever. He thinks there's going to be maybe a reward for finding it or some shit. And he pops up over the hill and there's the fucking, the big tent, like a fucking circus tent. Yeah. And at this point, I started asking myself throughout the movie, how many of the clown pranks do you think you would actually have fallen for? That guy? Or just in general. Just not. How many do you think you would have you would have fallen for out of all the different fucking clown pranks that happen throughout the movie? You start with the fucking. You have the. I actually wrote down. You're not I think getting me with the the tent in the You're woods. You're not getting me with the tent in the woods. Yeah, no. I grew up. I mean, with the woods within. I don't know a minute's walk, roughly. It's not just suddenly erect overnight in my backyard, and I don't no. know about Without it. you paying attention, at least noticing, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. No, they, I'm not falling. Not for up with no roads coming to it. No, no, I don't do that shit. So I never would have walked up to it in the first I place. Was, I wouldn't have fallen for the scene in the restaurant or the Big Top Burger with the kids. I wouldn't have fallen oh, for yeah. that either. Oh, yeah. So we'll I, talk I, about I that when we yeah. get to it. Well, here's the thing. I, I have them written down. We'll go through them in order. Okay, good. The next, back then I wouldn't have fallen for it. Now I would fall for it. And this one wasn't deadly, but it was the clown posing as the decoration outside the drugstore. Yeah, that's that's an easy one to walk right by. Nowadays, I would fall for it. Back then, I don't think I would have because it was too creepy looking of a clown. That shit would not have flown in public. Back yeah, in you the would day. notice the variations of clowns as a kid, more so as an adult, I believe. That would have been far too creepy to be yeah, flying like, in public. Some, something's fishy something's about this fishy. fucker. Yeah, um, that's a good But point. nowadays, it would yeah, just be it, kitschy. Yeah, it's like some prop. Yeah, I would fall for that. But that's okay because that one wasn't deadly. That's why you wear a flak jacket. I said Puppet Show. I'd fall for Puppet Show was good. I liked it a lot. That would have been a really easy one, regardless of your age, to have fallen for. In fact, I think I would have gotten scared after that guy got scared. He got scared as soon as the, the puppet turned the gun on him. Oh, as soon as that gun pointed at me, I would have karate kicked it. As soon as the gun pointed at me, I wouldn't have gotten scared. I would have, I would have had no reason to think to be scared yeah. when the gun points That's at me. That's a good point. When the clown starts standing up all the way. That's a different point. That's a different story. Even popping his head up, I wouldn't have been scared. But when he kept standing up, that's when I would have got scared. He's a big dude. Tall guy. However, it would have been too late by that point. Puppet Show would have got me, I think. One thing I wish I would have done a little bit more research on was I knew that the Kyoto brothers named each one of these clowns a different name on set for the cue for the actors, right? So that way they knew when and when not to be on camera. But they do. They Each one individual has a name. I don't know them all because there's a scene toward the end where you see a shit ton of these clowns. There's a lot of clowns towards the end. Yeah, so, you know, I, apologies. Did we, we, we mention do don't watch this if you were scared of clowns? Yeah, don't. And these are some creepy-ass clowns, too, with bad hygiene, dental hygiene. I said that I wouldn't fall for the pizza delivery. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was... 
Especially because it took way too long to unfold. I would have closed the door at some point before it went all the way. It's funny in a sense because even if I opened the door in the first place. Good point. Yeah, when, once I see a group of clowns like that, to let them know, fuck that, you're getting the door closed on you. I mean, I'm not doing that. But the, that the woman said, was wearing lingerie. Yeah. So And she was just like, hey. Hey. Makes you think she's done this before, waiting on the sausage pizza? <laughs> uh, however, I said the one that delivered chocolate, I might have fell for. But yeah, an Instagram? Yeah, some sort of weird, mm, ugly kissogram or something. I don't fucking know. But Damn, that's, that, Somebody like, saw a commercial... About chocolates around the holiday. <laughs> it seems to make sense, though, right? Yeah. With the chocolate, that's it makes more, more sense than the pizza. So I said they maybe would get me with the chocolate. Who doesn't I'm like not chocolate, positive. right? What did I write here? Oh, they would not have gotten me with a fucking trike, because I wouldn't have been an asshole to any a- guy who thought he was badass enough to roll up to a bunch of bikers looking like that. I know. I would think at that point, this fucker's got some problems. Let me see what's happening with him first. I don't I, know if he's cool or not. Yeah. I mean, like... He's obviously trying to <laughs> clown them. Yeah. <laughs> Quit clowning around. Right? So I don't think I would have intervened in any way. I would have just, you know, sat back and watched. Being but I also wouldn't have been fucked around and gotten my head knocked off. No, I wouldn't have been that dude either. No. I am curious what would have happened, though, if he would have just beeped the horn like he said. It still would have killed him. You know it would have. Oh, yeah. It was booby-trapped. It was booby-trapped somehow. But, Yeah. I would, I agree there. What I like about certain scenes like that with certain individual clowns is how they're trying to mimic human voices. And even in that, when you when you see him pop out of frame, that clown mm-hmm. on the trike, and pop back into frame, he's got a, the boxing gloves. You can hear him kind of like, you know, put your dukes up, put your dukes oh, up. Oh, yeah. I like that shit. It's funny. <laughs> I said that the fucking, this is the one you brought up earlier, the fucking pedo clown. The oh pedo clown. I even wrote him down as the pedo clown. Uh, yeah, I wrote him down as the fucking pedo that clown. fucking creepy. That got almost really fucking dark, too. Yeah. Holy shit. Dude, that's one of the parts where the score really impressed me, because it just, the whole mood suddenly got really fucking tense. Oh, man. Here's a, an interesting, maybe a cultural thing within the United States, because, you know, we grew up in two different parts of the country. During the 80s, because this was when this film was taking place, and they filmed that place at, like, a, you know, a burger joint, some of it, that's, especially that scene. And it started making me think of, like, certain little burger chains that popped up you know in certain areas and i was like that's totally believable because they have places like that back where oh, i grew up yeah you know so it's like uh, that's even as a kid watching that it it could be familiar especially during that time period some of the places here in town used to be a lot more like that they've okay. updated in recent years and you know that none of them look like that now no but yeah. growing up that is definitely what i was playing on was that sort of shit so that's what i was more curious about like how familiar that was for a lot of people around the country at that time period. Yeah, no, during that time period, that's definitely more the style play. That easily could have turned into, like, an America's Most Wanted episode. And and even not just around here, but, like, I remember, uh, like, visiting family down in San Diego and stuff. Oh, nice. Or even just going over to, like, Coeur d'Alene and stuff and, like, going to McDonald's and shit over there. Back then, that's how those play places were. That's how they roll. And especially in the ones that had very little room, like the one that they showed in the movie, oh, you'd have yeah. just like those one or two rideable things just right outside, exactly like they showed. And yeah, and you got this little creepy pedophile clown. Yep, that one. Nope. 
Yeah, that girl got lucky, man. That that parent or whoever that was. Well, it was. It was supposed to be the mother, and in that scene, the directors had met or the Kyoto brothers had mentioned that there was supposed to be more dialogue about the mother supposed to be in the scary one in that scene, like for scolding the daughter for leaving oh, and not right. eating whatever. But I think some of the producers are like, you need to tone that down a little bit. I said that it's not really a prank. You you wouldn't really have any choice with the, the clown rolling up on you on the invisible fucking bike. Yeah, that was fucked up. Like, it's kind of a prank, but it's not. Like, I don't think you'd have much of a choice. I think you're fucked when that happens. Like, regardless of how fast or slow you're going, you're fucked. Because yeah. it's right next to you. And same with, like, the shit that happens to, uh, what's his name? Dickhead Cop. Mooney? Mooney. Yeah. That shit didn't play out as a series of pranks like the other ones. It was kind of more of a straight-ahead assault. He fucked up big time. Pistol whipping didn't save him. Did you notice that his, his fate got foreshadowed? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely noticed that when he was talking about Not going to gonna make a dummy out of me? That was when, I think it was Mike and Dave came back to the, you know, the station. And they were going on. And for whatever reasons, Mooney thought the whole town was out to get him, right? To prank him, involving the forensics to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. He mentioned that because he noticed that Mike used to hang out with them, or does hang out with them. There was supposed to be a big backstory about how they were pranksters and shit like that, too. So Yeah, that's But you're point. right. I mean, I, long story short... He does. He's like, yeah, you're not going to make a, a dummy out of me. I was like, oh. And that's we'll another see. part that gets dark. That was really dark. Him as a fucking puppet was like kind of fucked up, dude. That was awesome. Um, Even for a kid watching that, that would be creepy as shit. I said that there's two two separate sets I wrote because I guess you don't know how many for sure are in one of the places. But there's two sets of popcorn monsters that are made. Yeah, yeah. And I said, no on either of them. They're not really a prank either, but they're kind of a prank. I guess it's kind of a play on the jack-in-the-box, really. That's a good one. I was thinking that, and it kind of reminded me a little a little bit of, like, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Just a little bit. But I said, no. No, I like that reference better. I wouldn't have checked out what was in the, the garbage deep enough for it to get me. No, fuck that. I'm hearing noises like that coming from the dumpster, like... Upper man is making hell of that shit. Yeah, at ten o'clock at night or whatever. Yeah, I I'm trying to I didn't hear anything. <clears throat> yep. I didn't hear anything. Sorry. Yeah, that's out of my pay grade. Fuck that. And the ones that attack her in the bathroom, most of them didn't really seem like they were hardly capable of doing any damage. They were starting yeah. to rip through her sweater a little bit, but not much. They it were was only the one in the toilet that you seem to have to worry about. Yeah, that one could have got some kibbles and bits, if you know what I mean. The other ones as long as you didn't let them, like, get your eyes. Yeah, don't let and, them latch on. And she already had the fucking, like, thick-ass sweater on, so they couldn't really get her neck. She was pretty protected from them. Yeah, so as that's... long as they didn't, like, take out your eyes, you could sort of take them out at your leisure. That's that's kind of an interesting scene. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm dissecting a little too much here, but think about that, that whole scene where she goes in the shower, you know. Typically, people take warm showers, hot showers, right? And then she's wearing, like, fucking sweater and jeans and... I would think you would be sweating your, your fucking ass off regardless of your gender in that bathroom yeah. after doing that. But she was fresh. Yeah, so fresh and so clean. So clean. fresh and so clean. Um, I wrote no on the shadow puppets. Yeah, no. I, I would have watched it first. That would have been cool, yeah. Until you started seeing that black mat with the I would have left as eye. soon as uh, Washington Crossing of the Delaware came up. I would have stayed for the elephant, though, because I used to be able to pop off an elephant myself. Ooh. <laughs> you know, got him. I know the trick. I'm, that, I'm does it. that does it right there. I, I'm not casting a shadow, but I think you can see. I can see it. I can I can see the elephant's trunk. <laughs> um, here's a here's a really quick, interesting, maybe maybe a nerdy tell about 
Washington crossing the Delaware. I'll, I'll say it real quick. When I was in New York, I went to uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. In there, I was walking around, as you know, people do under the influence, and I was looking at all these different art pieces and frames and whatnot. And I entered this pretty decent-sized room, and I was like, holy shit, there's the Washington crossing the Delaware, where he's on the boat. Oh, right. And the Delaware River, and it's a big fucking painting, dude. It'll take up every bit of this wall in front of us. Every oh, bit yeah. of it, if not more. Yeah, so I, I got to see it up close and personal by accident while I was in New York. So there's nice. my one degree of separation from that reference. Let me see here. Oh, well, I, she wasn't she wasn't caught by this either. But I also obviously wouldn't have jumped out and let the clowns catch me. <laughs> oh, that was funny, man. I like that. That, that was funny. Like the, the, obviously like they were prank. Yeah. yeah. That was I like that. That was funny. I'm curious what would have happened. I'm curious what would have happened. Had she jumped? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good... You know... Because all their shit seemed to do things. You know I what feel, I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like if she would have sprung off that, that little hand trampoline they had, somebody was going to snatch her ass up regardless. Someone yeah, was I don't, I don't know if it would have been just a snatch, though. I'm it wondering could've, if It could have been like happened. a trap, right? Yeah, I'm wondering if like her simply touching it would have been a balloon. something to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Um, that's a good point. I would have liked to see a variation of that. And that's the thing. Towards this last part of the movie, there's not many pranks because it turns in a little bit more straight ahead action. And I like that, too. It does kind of play it up almost gaggy, kind of, you know, shtickish. And so the the only other thing that I said that I would have fallen for, because it's the only other gag, is I would have fallen for the pies. Because I wouldn't have had any problem with them all getting out to stretch their legs for a second. And then I would have had no reason to think that pies would hurt me even if they did throw them. In the face, yeah, like, big deal, it's a pie, it could be worse. I wouldn't have been happy with it. I would have tried to stop them from you know, doing it. But the, the funny thing, too, about that, in, in a weird way, I guess, or coincidental way, is he was already about to eat a sandwich to begin with. Yeah. What's a, what's a couple of pies going to hurt? When they popped out the pie, I would have asked if I could have had a bite. Yeah, I'm like, what you got in there? They could have fucking dissolved me from the inside out. I would have made it easy for them. Perhaps that guy was on his last leg anyway. Who knows? We don't right. know his backstory. But I, I said, yeah, I would have got, I would have got the pies. The yeah. pies would have got me. Yeah, that's an easy trope to fall for. There was one, one of the things I really liked about this movie that really jumped out to me, because it reminded me of one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite scenes in all of movies, and I wish it wasn't implied that the guy got killed at the end of, of it all. Okay. But the clowns rampaging through the drugstore yeah, yeah. reminds me of Tuco putting together his revolver at the gun shop in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, oh, shit. which is yeah. one of my favorite scenes in all of cinema, Tuco the Ugly in the title fucking drunkenly busts into this fucking gun shop and and holds the fucking owner up and he gradually puts together a gun and switches yeah. like out some barrels and stuff and goes out back and tests it and shit and, and then he's ready uses it to fucking rob the place and takes obviously his just custom made gun mm-hmm. and swigs down most of his drink but leaves like the last bit for the fucking guy and shit yeah out of respect and that was the thing like it was so close because the guy, the alien, the fucking clown, even brings the shit to the counter at the end. He's ready to but pay. then it's it's through the phone. It's kind of indicated that they killed the fucking guy. Yeah, because even Mooney at that point, he thinks the whole town's pranking him about the clown bit, right? I think after a while, it's not a prank anymore. I wanted him to live, but that whole scene is just—I was, I was really like, good. oh my god, it's like Tuco, kind of. That reminded me. 
the, the hand puppet scene with Mooney, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me a little bit like a David Cronenberg feel. Like it was creepy. Oh, it could have been something okay. out of like even Reanimator. Yeah, like, really creepy like that. But anywho, the only other thing that really jumped out to me about this movie because I do kind of want to leave kind of some things vague about it because I'd yeah. rather people go Maybe, out and there's something. I mean, I, I know there's I know that there's a few things you want to le- bring up too. So well, I'll yeah, let you no get problem. to that here in a second because there's only one other thing that really jumped out to me, and it was that the whole fact that the the cotton candy pouches sort of liquefied the contents like spiders yeah and then spiders and clowns i was like pennywise that's a good point yeah could be pennywise maybe yeah and then they trap her in the balloon they do we all float down here that's right that's right georgie anyway that jumped out at me oh and i had a couple other thoughts but we'll get to that because i think we'll get into that whole section about this like so one of the things that I, I when i think about this film i mean you know we've been watching it more recently but as a as a kid one of them is the style like the actual costume design of the clowns they're super memorable oh and they're Creepy. so good um, i love them man and then the kyoto brothers are the ones who do this because they're they do films like they've done i think team america world police they're puppeteers on that and some other films so i mean they're known for that they're this i think this might be the only film they've directed as of date I think, uh, yeah, but there's always rumors and threatening yeah, of a revival of some sort, whether it in could a be an anthology or an anthology or a series. Uh, all these recall. things, <laughs> all these things have been mentioned. We don't know what we're going to get, but it does seem like like they keep trying to move forward on something. I hope so because they have said it's been in limbo for shit since '88 since its release. Right. Yeah, but it does seem in recent years like there has been more and more progress. Who knows? Still might not ever happen. We can only hope. If it does happen, how would you like to... I'm like, I was kind of thinking about this. And I think... I mean, I would kind of like to see both ends played up. Because we have the technology, too, now. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of like whoever did it to, to sort of do it old school and do practical effects whenever possible. Right, right. But, like, really play up the clown aspects even more cartoonishly. But also, fuck these goddamn ray guns that just suddenly encase them in the goddamn... Cotton candy cocoon. Have their antics be extremely gory to counter the comicness. Yeah, there has to be a balance between, like you said, between that comic dynamic and then that horror dynamic that it's predicating upon. And I feel like we're in the day and age with some of these shows that are going on now that where you can you can you can go nuts like that, like because we have like. I mean, a couple shows that I fucking get down on, Preacher, American Gods, like, both of those shows go insane places. They're, I mean, I, I can't even describe some of the shit that fucking happens in those with just weird visuals and use of crazy contrasting color and violence at times, even. Yeah. And there's an audience for shows that embrace how insane they are. Otherwise, Gotham would have died like two seasons ago. Good point. I think people do like a mix or maybe a dose of the absurd, maybe the surreal, with things that are more relatable. You know, it just depends on how you're, I guess, spreading around, you know, those superlatives. Mm -hmm. You know, like say if you want to dash in some comedy, maybe some horror, you know, whatever. Give some balance to it. But I think now is the time. I'd like to see a lot darker. I mean, darker. No doubt, man. Gory wise, I guess they could. Or, this, uh, well, this film is PG thirteen, so they could, I mean, easily bump this up to an R. Mm-hmm. Easy with added gore, like you were saying. Uh, maybe make it more. I mean, you could play upon the fact that they're. You could play upon the fact that they're clowns for ages. Yeah, and I mean, clowns are. 
I think maybe, I won't say every culture, but there's a lot of cultures around the world that have clowns in them of some sort, right? Some kind of entertainer. It could be, you know, like you said, we were talking about what Pialsos earlier mm-hmm. and things like that. So, I mean, certain cultures have different names for them, but they're still, you know, known regardless. So it has a broad spectrum they could play upon and that the storyline. Yeah. I'd like to see it get... It'd be kind of cool to see a, a storyline, like send an anthology, maybe a miniseries or something. Yeah, I I mean, I really hope that we do get to see more. If not, I mean, we're left with a really gr- great movie. Yeah, I'm so happy. Actually, I think I told you I went and purchased a copy of the Blu-ray edition. Right. Because they had some really cool behind-the-scenes footage I wanted to you know take a look at. And didn't get to see a lot, but I will be going back and listening to some and looking at nice. some things. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. There's one other thing, though, that I'm curious about. Do you uh, do you think those pies at the end killed him? I was thinking that too because it, it is a little bit of a cliffhanger, a little bit because we seen what happened to that security guard when he got pied in the face. I kind of feel like maybe they didn't get covered enough, or that maybe if they wipe it off quick enough, hmm. maybe it wouldn't matter. Yeah, that's a, I don't know because the point. one brother got some on his finger. Yeah, and it to no ill effect after but it was also already after it had melted the security guard so i like the trendy brothers in this film that was that was what i was going to say growing up mm-hmm. during that time period there were certain characters in films right there's either a stoner or like some comic dynamic some oddball character in those 80s films not well-known people but if you've seen the film and you've seen them repeatedly you'll recognize or remember those people and those were the two guys you haven't seen them in shit since but even there are some funny parts they did even if you don't want to watch the rest of this movie watch like the first five minutes just for his little spiel up at the top of the world yeah it's funny man. i can't remember which one did it but his yeah. little spiels trying to sell ice cream at the top of the world to all these horny couples yeah it's is funny, man. just amazing just comedy writing did um, you notice somebody looking into the camera in the truck? No, I missed one that. Of, one of the girls that they have eating the ice cream, the popsicles. Oh, maybe I did notice that. Yeah, it's it's. I think the girl on the left, mm-hmm. she's eating it, and then she's looking around. She looks at it for a second. I was like, damn, rookie. <laughs> rookie damn, mistake. rook. Damn. <laughs> There's funny stuff. I mean, this is a, it's an 80s film. It's good, lighthearted, very memorable, very cultish, like you said, but very accessible. Every one of the lines that the the old man gives is fucking quotable. Most of the lines, even though he's a dickwad, most of the lines that Mooney gives are fucking quotable. Mooney, I, I did like a lot of his lines, man. He does say some really snarky shit. I was just way... I'm so glad he got what he got, though. He got it worst of all. He kind of plays like a fascist cop in a way. You know, he and Dave have these polarizing views on how things should be handled. But he does a perfect job. People will probably recognize him as the Dean in Animal House, so... Yeah. Uh, Dean... Werner? Werner? I think so. I think Werner? Right, man. Something like that. Dean, Dean Vernon... Oh, you're talking about the guy who plays the part? John Vernon? Well, uh... Oh, you're talking about in uh, Animal House. Yeah, Dean Wormer. Yeah. Oh, shit. Since we're talking about this, I... This is interesting. We're talking about childhood and stuff like that. He did voices in some of the childhood shows that you and I, I know for a fact both of us have watched. He did some voices uh, acting in Pinky and the Brain, Batman the Animated Series as Thorn. I think he was in Ernest Goes to Camp and Airplane 2. Oh, shit. He was the prosecutor in Heavy Metal. Dirty Harry, the mayor, outlawed Josie Wells, Fletcher. (laughs) So it's pretty cool, man. Some of these things these people have been in. Like I said, Debbie, the, the actress, uh, Schneider, Suzanne Schneider, I remember seeing her as more, I mean, more infamously as um, the love interest of um, the two, I think it was Michael Anthony Hall in Weird Science. 
Because the other brunette was in Friday the 13th Part 4, the one who gets stabbed in the raft. Okay. Yeah, so they were the two girls who were playing the love interest of um, the two guys in Weird Science, starring Robert Downey Jr. She was also in one of the uh, Return of the Living Deads, I think Part 2. Oh, nice. Yeah. She was in some pretty cool, some pretty cool roles. I know I've said it a couple times. I say this about a lot of movies. Go fucking watch this movie. Please do it. I mean, <laughs> like, so we do some some really fucked up, you know, weird movies. Because, I mean, that's what horror films, they delve into. I mean, it's just part of what it is about. But this one's fun. A lot it's of a, people it can is. watch this It is. It's really funny, movie. man. Um, even if you do have a fear of clowns, I don't think they're overly scary. I mean, they're creepy, no doubt. But when I think scary, I think more, like, vicious. More, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's my view of it. That's my personal objection or... Should we tell them about what's coming next then? Is this, are we done with Killer Clowns? Do we? Um, I think so. The only thing I, I maybe I also want to mention is I like, I like the fact that they play on themes like carnivals and they shoot certain scenes with these like landscape shots and they do a pretty good job, man, of, of conjuring up like old images that anybody can relate to, nostalgic images. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one thing else I like about this film. It's just very vibrant in terms of its style. The score's great. The acting's not bad. It's a little little choppy in areas but i think it was played up to be that way mm-hmm. some of it was intentional but anywho definitely go see it getting back to what you were saying uh we do have something really cool lined up right for the next right. month at least right and this time we actually mean a month yeah we mean a solid month like a calendar month so last time we said a month <laughs> yeah so it, it depends on what calendar you go by <laughs> last time we said a month it was for slashers yeah we did like and two we months. did like a history of the modern slasher for we the, did. We did for the most part good. which required two months to give it was, a proper i guess fried squirms review which was not the plan but we did it yeah we um, it, but this time did. we actually mean a month yeah and it's not necessarily going to be a history no, 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 it's not. It's just, it's just, uh, we want to do something cool. So, we're finally getting to vampires. Blah. Blah. <laughs> Blah. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm really pumped about this. With vampires. Shall we tell them the premise? We're not going to do, well, here's the thing. With vampires, we're not going to do a history. Exactly. Because there's, Jesus, there's far too many... Movie. There's far too many different ways they've been looked at and different iterations. Same thing with cultural tells. I mean, there's so many. If you wanted to try to do uh, a history, like we could take a, an entire year, easy. I, I'd say we could be at this point next year <coughs> talking about the same thing we're talking about right now. Honestly, in terms of vampire. So instead, we decided to split this up a little bit, and we <laughs> wanted to do this as a, a little bit of fun between ourselves. And we each had to pick a vampire movie. Uh, we we picked 1990 as a date because no particular reason, at right? this or time, just... well, at this point, it is almost 30 years ago, That's which is really weird, weird to think man. about. I don't even think about that right now. 27 years ago was 1990. Yeah, that's fucking weird. So we're like, okay, that's old enough. I would think so, yeah. So we had to, we each picked one pre-1990. And then post, right? And one post-1990. But we're not going to reveal them all at one time. We're not going to reveal them all at one time. And in fact... I've got, some, I, I've got a coin. Do you have a coin? Yeah. We're actually going to flip a coin right now to find would out you like who goes flip, first. Would you like to flip? Go ahead and flip it. You're, you're pulling it out right oh, yeah. now. I'm going to well do it, like they said, like football rules. We're all at a bounce. I'm not going to catch it or yeah. anything like that. All right, so you call it in the air. Okay. Right? And this is to determine who's going first. And are we doing first one pre-1990 or post? Or does it matter? We'll go first pre. 
Free? Okay. We, we will at least go in chronological order. Okay, I gotcha. Well, maybe not according pure chronological. To our, according yeah. to our picks. According to our picks. Gotcha. Chronological. So I know what we'll, you mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is the first for us. So our listeners are getting a special treatment, too. So here we go. I'm going to go ahead and flip it. You call it in the air. Ready? All right. Tails. And it's heads. It's heads. Ooh, should I reveal what my pre nineteen ninety is? Yeah, your pre ninety is okay. So before before I, I reveal it, cause honestly, this is, I was kind of hoping it was going to go this way a little bit. It but. was fucking hard, man. Because I had honestly, I had three films in mind. I know we're going to go back to vampire films, right? Because there's so many of them. There's so many we can't help yeah. it, right? So it, it boiled down to three, and then it boiled down to two, and then eventually it boiled down to one. So with that one, I was thinking, okay. I don't know how often, if ever, we'll talk about this film, because it is an exploitation film. Okay. It is a 1970s film. Oh my god. I really hope you're going to say what you're going to say. So, I hope this is the film that everybody's going to like. It's Blackula. Fuck yes. Oh my god, I'm so, so excited. We're going with Blackula as my pre-19... 90 film. Oh, this is going to be a lot. I can't believe we're starting with Blackula. Okay. This is so going to be a lot of fun already. That's mine. So what what we're going to do, and I hope hopefully this is the way that we should format it. Maybe maybe we have different rules. But So now that we know our next film that we're going to do, right? At the end of that review, you'll reveal... I'll what review. You're gonna, okay. I'll, yep, I'll and we'll do that until one. we're done, right? Until we're done. Okay, we awesome. a month, and then we'll go into other things. But we're going we're gonna to hit some vampires finally, because... It's been, I mean, we're almost 30. I mean, we're going to be starting with, with episode 30. 30. We're 30 episodes in. We haven't hit vampires. So let's yeah. do it. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited, dude. I was, you know, regardless of who went first, I was still excited. Oh, me too. I'm still excited. Uh, I was actually hoping you were going to go first because you'll, yeah. you'll understand why. When okay. I reveal my next okay. One. Cool. You'll understand. We'll get there. All right. So without, with, I guess with that being said, like, I'm really looking forward to number 30 being Blackula. Other than that, I can't really say anything else. I mean, the, you know, up to date, I've been like so catching up on horror films. I don't really want to talk about which ones I've seen because we might be covering them at some point. But um, they're not too bad. They're more recent. They're more accessible. Speaking of killer clowns, it is accessible for streaming. I think Amazon might have it. Maybe Hulu. So check those. I'm not sure. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I was checking some of the you know streamable services, and I did notice it popped up on a few of them. So. If you do want to watch Killer Clowns, it is accessible. You don't have to be a pirate. Watch it. Check it out. Um, and if you want to keep listening to us yeah. talk about vampires, yeah. talk about Blackula, bleh. Uh, bleh. then please subscribe to us. Uh, we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, we're on right. Tuned In. You can go stream us on our website, www.friedsquirms.com. We're still on you there. You can follow us at Twitter. I started to notice that more and more of you are, which is exciting Yeah, we've shit. got some really we cool followers, too, We will start to try too, to do shit with that. Yeah. All I'm right. excited because it's like, you know, the more that we are doing these episodes and putting content out, we're getting some little bit of recognition. I'm happy. I mean, it's not major, but I'm still excited. Thank you for those who do follow us. You can follow us on Facebook. Yeah, we're still on Facebook. You can still Which email us. we're a little us. bit better at using because we're old men. Uh, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. And yeah, you can email us, scrimcast at gmail.com. Exactly. We're still, you know, we'll, we'll answer any and all emails and or messages. Yeah. So, you know, do that. Yeah. Um, I would say, sure. you know, if, if you, if you want to listen to some music, I'll give a quick shout out to our friends over at uh, Into the Echo, right? Oh yeah. Into the Echo. Check which, those guys out. Check them out. I actually, you know, they. Good guys, man. We, I like plugging them. 
and they're actually part of a bigger podcast network and at least one of them i'm going to give a listen to here soon because i might be one half of a horror movie podcast that has covered some really fucked up titles (laughs) yeah but i used to get down on fucking disney channel movies and one of those other podcasts affiliated with into the echo through their disney network stuff? is fucking disney shit wow i'm gonna give them a listen to that's pretty uh, cool i want to shout them out right now beforehand though because they've already followed us on twitter nice man. so i can't remember i, I think it's i want to say that their show's dizzy channel something like that yeah we'll give them a proper shout out on twitter though yeah once i listen out. to them i'll give them a sh- proper shout out yeah anyway i actually get down on that shit so i'm actually really no, that's, looking that forward like to fun, uh, man. listen to that that's so that's something that we're i've been spending a little bit more time in i should have mentioned is you know, I've been listening to more podcasts. Speaking of our friends over at Into the Echo, I've been listening to uh, Come Town. So if you like comedy, if you want to listen to some guys from Baltimore, yak it up. Living in New York, those guys are fucking hilarious, so listen to them. But otherwise, I'm done. Yeah, I'm good, man. But uh, looking forward to next week and the whole month that we're going to do. Oh, man. Yes. Vampires, finally. Um, I'm not looking forward to the fact that the room is going to get this hot every time, but... Yeah, well, we're a bunch of hot boys, so keep that in mind. Jesus, we're sweating balls in here, so mm. we're going to fucking now stop recording and turn on a fan so that we're not fucking with our sound quality while we're recording. Nice. Well, you guys understand what I was saying. Anyway. Yeah. So, I'm Danny. I'm Tyler. And uh, next episode, we're going to suck at our jobs. Bleh. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs>